The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation with my friend, my ICD 10 Kozar and a trailblazing innovator who returns to our show today to discuss HIM-16. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Steve Sisko, social media rock star, senior IT manager at Cambia Health Solutions. Many of you will know him as ShimCode on Twitter. Steve, welcome to the show. Ah, great to be here, Joe. Thanks for that introduction. Sure. Thanks so much for making the time today. Before we begin our discussion, could you take a few seconds and remind the audience about you and your background? Yeah, well, uh, 30 years in IT, a little bit over 20 in healthcare IT, predominantly on the payer side and risk-bearing provider, IPAs, PHOs, things like that. I'm actually a project manager, sort of a product owner, project manager combination at Cambia Health Solutions, a four-state Blue Cross Blue Shield licensee in the Pacific Northwest. Great. Thanks for that. As I said, we want to talk about hymns today, or I wanted to talk about hymns today, and I couldn't think of anybody else to get started on that conversation because you have a Twitter account called HIT Conf Guy. Tell us about HIT Conf Guy, who he is, and what his mission is. Yeah. Well, you know, for several years, I had actually tweeted and shared information on the HIMSS conference using Twitter accounts that were HIMSS 12, HIMSS 13, HIMSS 14. But I created the HIT Conf Guy, which stands for Health Information Technology Conferences Guy, just to be able to share information on primarily the HIMSS conference and other health IT-related conferences so I wouldn't pollute my primary stream, which is ShimCode, and people could just follow that and get all the content that I curate from both the HIMSS and then several other conferences I've attended and that I'm interested in. So does yeah. HIT Conf Guy attend conferences? Yeah, I've attended, as you know, because you were there with me, AHIP in Nashville, and I've attended several HIMSS conferences in the past, but not as HIT Conf Guy. That was a new creation, really less than a year old. But this year, both AHIP and HIMS is located in Las Vegas. I'm out of Phoenix, so it's a, just a short five-hour ride, which makes it nice to be able to get up there easily and keep the expenses low. So, yeah, I'm going to be attending HIMS and AHIP this year in Vegas. Perfect. What are some other good conferences that people may not know about? Well, I think, you know, AHIP, as you know, AHIMA and MGMA conferences are good. They have both an annual and then some quarterly and regional conferences. The ATA, which is, I think, the American Telemedicine Association, seems to have a pretty good conference. Of course, 
the Consumer Electronics Show, but the Digital Health Summit is actually in Vegas also in January. There's the South by Southwest Health and Medical Technology Expo. I believe that's in March in Austin. And Simpler maintains a good list, S-Y-M-P-L-U-R.com. Also, John Lynn's site, EMRandHIPAA.com, maintains a good list of healthcare IT conferences at my site, H-I-T-C-O-N-F-Guy.com. I've got a list of some health-related conferences. Hopefully, I'm not going to be seeing too much more of Elizabeth Holmes from Toronto's as the keynote speaker, though. She seems to be plastered over every single conference I've gone to and monitored, but I'm <laughs> you know, just tossing that in as an aside. <laughs> I'd much rather see Peyton Manning. I've seen Elizabeth once. And that's enough for me. Yeah. The other thing, too, besides conferences, I think the user group meetings, pretty much all the major vendors have user group meetings. And if you're working on a particular platform, I think those can be very informative and useful because you're interacting and you're sharing information with people that are working on the same platform as yourself. So that's got to be good. I agree with you. One other type of conference I'll throw in there, Steve, that I've been involved with is the regional HIMSS meetings. I'm very involved in Alabama HIMSS, and I think we do a great job putting some great content together. And I know that the other HIMSS chapters in the Southeast do the same. So, Yep. Phoenix HIMSS has their Christmas mixer, social mixer, this Friday, actually, and I was thinking of maybe going to that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Those are good. And for pennies on the dollars of what you'd spend to travel to another conference, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi has their joint conference the next couple of days in Birmingham, and I think it's $120 for over 15 hours of education. Yeah, and you know, attending a conference is not a cheap proposition. Forget about the airfare and the lodging, which can be a lot, but then you're not working for those two, three, four days. So, for instance, when I went to AHIP, my company didn't pay for that. I had to do that out of pocket. I mean, it was about a four or $5,000 hit I took. Wow. Well, as HIT Conf guy, you must have learned, and I know you have because I try to follow and emulate you, but you must have learned a lot about social media. What are some tips that you can share for us regarding attending conferences? Yeah, there's so many ways to maximize the value. I guess John Lynn, known as Tech Guy, brought up last year about the idea of not overscheduling or planning too much to allow some time for serendipitous encounters, I guess that would be. <laughs> but attending the meetups and the tweetups are good. I think engaging with people and companies that are outside of your bailiwick your area of interest. That's hard to do, and it's definitely hard for me to do, but I've found it profitable. It opens up your eyes, you know, a little diversity. I think learning how to pack for the conference and considering the physical aspects are really important. And preparing an elevator pitch for yourself, your product, your firm, because you can run into so many people, and it's important to maximize those opportunities. I think also Unfortunately, you do run into a lot of people, so you need to learn how to exit a conversation. Uh, (laughs) It seems that happens quite often. In fact, I've got blog posts on all of these topics on my site, and it's pretty interesting. Some of them are sort of funny, too, about how you can get out of conversations. But that sounds a little bit humorous, but in fact, it's good advice to have. Be prepared. 
you know, since I started being a podcaster, Steve, my whole view of hymns has changed from the guy who stood in the booth bored silly for four days, hoping that customers would come to, holy cow, this is the best place to get content in the whole world. I wish hymns would be every day. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so big. And I went to the one in Vegas two years ago, I think it was. It was incredible. It's so big and you do have to plan and you have to have some sort of a approach to maximize everything you want to get, but also allowing time again just for some of those chance encounters and to expand your horizons for sure. You've already told us that you'll be attending Hymn 16. What's the appropriate way for someone in our audience to engage with HIT Conf Guy at Hymn 16? Last year at Hymns 15, I reached out to people, individuals, firms, asked them to submit information, ideas, pitches that I could consider blogging out or sharing. I'm not just going to be some blind promoter. There's one or two people out there that will retweet and share and pitch anything, it seems. I definitely don't do that. That's one of the differences I have. I'm not aligned with any company. And to be clear, I'm not even aligned with Cambia. They do their own thing. I do my own thing here. But I would love to promote products and services that I think are of value. And I think that I have a unique perspective from the standpoint that I have been both in IT and specifically healthcare IT for decades. And I really, I live this stuff. I spend pretty much all my waking hours. I'm over now. Our kids are gone. I'm as athletic as I used to be. (laughs) So I've got a great office. I've got a lot of equipment and I stay on top of things. So I just love this health IT stuff. That's great. Will you be a social media ambassador at HIMSS 16? I don't know. I understand they have a form you could submit for this. I'm not sure. It's a good question. Right now, I'm struggling with which of my accounts I was going to use. As I mentioned earlier, I'll probably use HIT Conference Guy. On Monday of this week, I attended a social media webinar by HIMSS and Hootsuite. Karen McLean from Hims and some fellow from Hootsuite put it on. It was about social selling, using social media for selling. And it was all centered around last year's Hims and the results. And they listed their top 10 popular accounts from Hims. And I wasn't in there because I spread my shares and my work and my posts across multiple accounts. My HIT conference guy and then Chim Code. And I had easily been in the top five. And well, that doesn't mean anything, top five, top 10, whatever. But I do have to be sensitive to what's in it for me here. And what's in it for me is I'm not pushing any products or services. I'm just sharing information. And I think I'm proving that I know a lot about health IT. So I guess I'm investing in my personal brand. If I go to Kim's, I'll have to really consider what's the goal for me and what's the purpose I do want to go because it's close to home here. And in fact, my oldest boy has some leave. He's in the Navy at that time, February 29th. Uh, how often does that come around? So I get every four years. <laughs> That's how often it comes around. But basically, I'm planning on going to M16. I would probably like to be an ambassador from the standpoint that I get the free admission. You know, That's a big cost. What is it like? Yeah. A lot. No, you're right. You touched a nerve, Steve. I think I'm going to jump up on my soapbox here. You mentioned the 10 top folks. If you look at some point during hymns, both of our names will be there in that list, which just completely, I don't get it. How can two individuals, and I agree with everything you said, you have an eye for curation, you're really good at content, 
But how can two individuals be in the top 10 tweeters at a conference where companies are paying millions of dollars to have a presence? Can't you pay someone $10,000 a day to get your name at the top of that list? I mean, what, what are these companies thinking? They're going to let you and I have more exposure than them? I don't well, get it. Yeah, and it's not just tweets. Well, shoot, I mean, I could sit here and tweet and retweet everything, but it's actually the impressions, the reach, the retweets that people do in your comments, the engagement that you have, that people are responding or asking questions, and that's where the real value is. And that can somewhat be measured, you know, discreetly with some of, like, Simpler has some tools, but some of that stuff you need higher-end tools or you need just sort of a gut feel to, to just observe and look and and see what, but you're right. I mean, it's pretty funny. In fact, five of those 10 accounts were actually government accounts. It was like ONC, HIMSS, of course, was like number one, probably, of course. And then the five that were individuals, well, for instance, like Mandy Bishop, and she's closely aligned with Dell, and I think she does a good job and maintains a lot of independence from Dell. If she were just to tweet everything Dell and be a Dell mouthpiece, that in my mind, that would diminish her value. But she doesn't do that, so kudos to her. And But there's a couple people, and I'm not going to name names, but there's one fellow that just retweets every freaking thing that's, <laughs> that's out there. And it's really, it's, it hijacks the hashtag. If he's viewed as a representative of us, then I feel bad, but I don't think that's the case. And there's several people that they must have something set up to retweet everything because there's no way you could do it all manually. Yeah, there's two that I know. It's funny, sometimes you see these people with, 250,000 tweets and they joined in 2011 and you do some math and you figure, okay, let's pretend that it took them one second to do that. They've basically been online for the last year. Yeah, there's some bot involved there, some software. At these conferences, people interact with us. They can, I think, get some value from that. But you bring up a good point. You know, oftentimes I've thought of the job I could do for certain companies. I have a really, at Cambia, again, I'm not representing them or speaking on any of their behalf, but I've shared a lot of information. We have a bunch of companies in our direct health solutions group, 15 of them, and I've actually helped a lot of those folks with moving things along, and they've got some good people in some of them. Some of them have non-existent social media presence, but I'm finding it more and more important to have this social presence. I heard yesterday, we're in this presentation from Tim's that most companies aren't even really doing websites anymore. They're just going and creating a Facebook page or a Yelp page on LinkedIn or Medium or Twitter and then having all their social media platforms linked together with a common theme. And even though I'm an IT guy, I really like this social media stuff. The idea of marketing and social customer service, I think, is going to be huge. That and texting, yeah. structured text messages, SMS messages, and, and Twitter and Social media customer service, I think, is huge in an omni-channel way, though. Steve, what are a few things we should be looking forward to at HIM 16? Well, I would say the whole idea of consumerism, transparency. You hear a lot about population health and big data, but I think consumerism, healthcare is going down to the consumer, moving away from the groups and the employers. I think how clinical and administrative data is being combined to get a better view of the individual. We've had traditionally the payers on their side with their claims data and the doctors on their side with their EMRs and their clinical data, and the two are coming together. I think also look for ideas around 
the use of non-structured or, or semi-structured socioeconomic data, social data being combined, used with analytic platforms to get a better picture of people. And also, I think, look for tools and services that are going to fill the space when the encounter ends until the next encounter. We all go to see the doctor going for a rehab or a procedure or some service for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, two hours, whatever. Then we leave. And then we don't do anything until the next time. Well, I think filling in that time, companies that have content and information and help manage, I'll say chronic, but doesn't necessarily have to be a chronic acute thing. There's a lot of good tools out there. I will make one plug for a company that Cambia owns. They spun off, which is HealthSpark. And they're a great company. I mean, they do health care transparency, pricing information. They're also big on provider search. And I understand they're venturing into more of the healthcare literacy area. There's some other companies out there like WellTalk that's head up by Jeff Margolis, which is the former CEO of Trizetto. And I had actually worked for Trizetto for a few years. And they've got an interesting company there working with IBM Watson to have sort of a, I'll call it sort of like a healthcare concierge type service, but they seem very interesting. And so those kind of companies that are more consumer focused. I guess we're past the ICD-10 buzz and the EHRs and meaningful use seem to have gone sideways. So I don't know what else there's left after those. Well, I think you're right. Kind of that in between the visits, telemedicine will be a big topic. There you go. This year. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Telemedicine. Absolutely. Huge. So let's get back to this ICD-10. We've been the czars. We brought it in successfully. Are we ready to close down the offices as are and have them send us our bonus checks? Yeah, well, I could use a bonus check after this Cyber Monday. So anyhow, I digress. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think ICD-10 is definitely not over. In fact, we're going to know how it really works in about six weeks because all this stuff that's happening now, we haven't had enough transactions go through the systems. And then those transactions get summarized and used for other things and they're reported and they're used in episodes of care and for DRGs and, and other risk assignment programs. And those are the things that people haven't had enough time and data to, to verify yet. So it's been extremely quiet, way quieter and way better than I expected. But I think we're not over it. And I think what's going to happen now in a good way is that data is going to start actually being used. In my opinion, most importantly for the area of risk assignment. Medicare has their so-called HCC hierarchical condition categories and the advent of you know, the ACA slash Obamacare brought CMS requiring risk adjustment on the commercial side. So this idea of assigning and analyzing individuals with a risk score is, is pretty huge. And from what I heard from someone who really knows who showed remain nameless is that there's such a shortage of good ICD-10 coders, not for the doctors, but for all of the, the back-end stuff. CMS has these RADV audits where they go in and want to validate that the payers are correctly assigning these codes so they get reimbursed correctly for the Medicare Advantage lives, that there's a tremendous shortage of those kind of people. I think what we're going to do is start to see a little bit more in terms of better tools, better analytics, 
better data and better information based on this ICD-10 data. It's pretty exciting. And then, of course, I think the plans and the risk-bearing groups will start modifying their benefit programs and their approaches to delivering services based on a better set of data. Absolutely. We've experienced the beginning, not the end. A friend of mine that has taught me almost everything I know about ICD-10 that you didn't teach me, Dr. John Showalter, said last year at a conference I went to, in the first six months of ICD-10 implementation, we'll have more data on every medical condition than we've had in history before on any one medical condition. And once we start mining that data, the power is unlimited. So, right. And that's what I goes back to that combining the clinical and the administrative data because there's a lot of data in these EHRs and being able to pull that data out. I was reading Andy Slavitt, the acting director of CMS, had a quality summit, I guess, in Chicago yesterday on the CMS site. He was talking about some of this stuff. Basically, he mentioned there, he said right out, they have this no blocking, this information blocking concept, and they're saying that they want to require all of the EHR vendors to open up their software with APIs. That, that's the other thing. I, we were talking, I guess, before the call about joking about everything as a service. And this API economy, as they call it, is, is also a huge thing, opening up the uh, kimono to the outside world. And that opens up different challenges and opportunities also for companies to, how do we, how do we work with others? How do we partner and be competitive, but also be collaborative and cooperative? Very interesting. Absolutely. Steve, before we wrap it up today and we let you go, where should people go to learn more from you, Shimcode, and your blog and all the things you do for us to give us great knowledge? You said it, basically, shimcode.com, S-H-I-M-C-O-D-E.com. I've got shimcode at gmail.com. You can also check out the H-I-T-C-O-N-F-G-U-Y.com. And also email at hitconfguy at gmail. So basically I have gmail and, and domains with shimcode and hitconfguy. Reach me there. And if people have things they'd like to talk about or to maybe have me write about or would want to pitch some ideas, I know a lot of people, a lot of people contact me out of the blue with opportunities. And you know, I'm happy. I love working for Candy. It's a great company. But opportunities arise and if I can pass them on to people or, or introduce people or serve as the shim that I believe I can be to, to prop up some things to get them to work together, I'd be glad to. Awesome. Steve, it was so great to have you. Thanks for stopping by and sure. imparting your wisdom. Ah, well, thanks for your vote <laughs> of confidence, Joe, but I'm not sure I can agree with you on my wisdom, but thank you for that. <laughs> All right, that wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Steve Sisko, I'm Joe LaBelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.